Bonjour, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the second ever episode recorded of the Low Mid Podcast. Oh yeah, we in this bit, we in this bit. We look. <laughs> Where we talk about things from a lower middle class perspective. Uh, as always, I'm one of your hosts, Huey Revolution. And with me also, as always, are my two very good friends and business partners. Let's start on my right with... Ramil, what's Ramil. going on, man? And Nemo the Zeus. Nemo the Zeus. You dig. So we got a good show lined up for you guys today. We're going to talk about some trending topics. And then, as always, we're going to get into our top uh, three list of the day, which we'll talk more about later. And then we're going to talk about our show and tell topics where we bring something that we think should be talked about more to the light to each other and you guys. And no, nobody knows what our show and tell topic is. Yeah, we didn't share them. This we time. didn't share them this week. So. Each one of our show and tell topics would be a surprise to everybody yeah. who's on the podcast. I didn't share mine last week either. Oh, yeah, he didn't. Yeah, he, he didn't. didn't. <laughs> Nemo's on a streak. So make sure you guys leave comments letting us know your opinions on these topics. And as always, vote on whose list is better and give us some feedback on the show and tell topics as well because we want to get you guys involved. We want to talk to you guys, build For a sure. little community and stuff. You dig? Big facts. All right, so... We divvied up the responsibilities of looking up info for the week. So who wants to go first, Ramil or Nemo? Um, it doesn't matter. I mean, we can start with the Oscars. It's fine. Okay, let's start with the we'll Oscars. The okay. Oscars, of yeah, course, Oscars was, happened. The Oscars happened. Um, one of the bigger stories coming out this past week was the Oscars um, and the conversation surrounding the black presence at the Oscars. Mm-hmm. I kind of felt like that As was... Always. Yeah, sorry, sorry. it's always something that's yeah. like, you know, but this year specifically, I felt like just because of, um, of course, like the protest that we, the protest, I'll put that in quotation marks, that we went on last year, the whole hashtag Oscar so Oscar's white, so white. It happened last year. And so this year, it seems like it, it, it kind of came off like it was they just gave some niggas some awards just yeah. to kind of quiet. Yes. In their mind, it's just like, OK, well, we'll give you all what y'all been asking for, the recognition, the award, just so y'all don't have to create a hashtag and create an uproar about not being included. Mm. So I think that was partly the purpose of why I'm um, not saying that these um, people who didn't win, like who won, didn't deserve it. I'm not saying that like yeah. they totally did. Um, but I do think like the Academy this year was kind of like, OK, well, not the Academy. Is it the it's, not, it's an academy. It's an academy, I yeah. believe. Um, yeah, whoever decides who gets the awards this year, I think they definitely took into consideration the backlash that they received last year. Of course. So not only, did, not only did they uh, make sure that black people were nominated for shit, that the black people actually won shit <laughs> <laughs> this time around. Yeah. Um, of course, some of the biggest winners of the night were, were uh, Regina King, Spike Lee, Mahershala Ali, um, the uh, costume designer for Black Panther. I think her name is... Um, and much deserved to everybody. Much deserved to everybody. Yeah, it's nice to see Regina King still getting oh, recognition. Oh, yeah. yeah, for sure. She's getting her shine. Ruth e. favorite actresses. Ruth e. Ruth e. Carter is the um, costume designer who got um, the award for Black Panther. Bigs up to, big ups to her. For yeah, sure, because the movie would look beautiful. Yeah. And oh, everybody my God. The looked, costumes for Black Panther were amazing. They were on point. Um, so yeah, basically, I just think this, the discussion around the Oscars should be around like, what is our what is our relationship as a community with the Oscars or award shows in general? Like, should we even give like merit or like any kind of what? Should, like, should we ascribe any real meaning or validation to these mm-hmm. awards? Wait, so are you talking about us? Our, or, our or community, us as, us as a community. Okay. Um, I mean, yeah, I think we should because. Uh, is, isn't it the award show for like f- films? It's the one, it's the biggest one for film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that in its own is uh, holds some some significance and carries some weight because I know the Oscars have been around for 
man, almost a century, forever. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. It, I, but there is a a, a a touchy relationship between the black yeah. community and the Oscars. Same with. I the mean, Grammys look at the too. first person of color to win an Oscar. One an Oscar for a character literally called Mammy. Hattie McDaniel. Yeah. Yeah. And she had to go to the back room to get her award. Right. So it's mm. when the, when it starts off like that, and then all the way in 2000, what was it, 17 or 18, where we had that Oscar so white thing, mm-hmm. it makes you think, like, should we be putting so much uh, effort into being like, oh, I hope we get the Oscar or whatever. What I think is as a community, we should continue to press them and, like, call them out on the bullshit and be like, there's not enough black people here. But in the back of our minds, we can just, like, kind of not put so much weight into it. Like, we definitely need to press them every year, just be like, you know, diversify the people that are voting for which movies become uh, the top picks. And we want to see, you know what I'm saying? There should be, it shouldn't be every time we get an award, it's some sort of like subservient role or not a main, you know, hero role or some shit like that. You yeah. Know what I mean? Yeah. I, I feel that. So we should press them, but at the same time, we need to start validating our own community. For like sure. Yeah. we need to create some sort of award show for ourselves where like, if we want to see this, like, representation you know we need to kind of create it for ourselves because there's a lot of uh creators out there that people just don't know about because the general public only like looks at the big award shows and stuff they don't go underground searching like we do and stuff yeah and here's what's fought about um the big award shows like the oscars and the grammys is is there a i'm trying to figure out the word um, it's the it's the rev, it's the review team, I guess. Yeah, the, the processing, people, the yeah. filtering, people pick who the, the, the people yeah. who actually pick who are getting the nominations mm-hmm. and the awards and stuff. Yeah. even that's just super outdated. Come like, on, yeah. Like I know that they still they they probably still use the same group that they've been using for the past what forty years. Maybe I don't they've been trying. Know. I know. Like, I know they're old white people. They, so yeah, it's mostly old white people from what I've heard. Like yeah, I know they've mixed it up recently, but it's still like you just look at the results. Like you know, these aren't like twenty year old black kids being like, oh, yeah. this movie is the best. Yeah, and, and I, we talked about this even in class. Like even this year. Uh, Green Book was the movie that won, right? Yeah. In which, best picture, again, right? you have that white savior role that, well, as many people view it as that. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally haven't seen the movie, so take my words on this with a grain of salt, but you have that white savior role, or you have the black guy not really being the main focus on his own. He has to kind of be paired up with a white guy for him, for their movie to win. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I don't know. The Oscars is just... It's a mixed bag. We yeah, definitely need to bag. press them just for the general public of people that don't really think like us. They just want to see representation. But also we need to create some sort of a, a award system on our own merit so that we can be like, these are the movies our community is proud of this year. You know? Yeah, I think we should. I think that's the that's the direction we should probably uh, put the most stock into is just creating our own platform for us to celebrate us and, that's um, the- and stop being so dependent on them to recognize us. So we're all three of us are filmmakers. We, yeah, we are. If you guys didn't know, we all work together. We have a, a production company called Low Mid Productions, hence the name of our podcast. So, you know, what I'm saying eventually we want to make like really big movies and stuff. Right. That right. do really well. So if the if the conditions of the Oscars remain as they are now in the future, are you going to be like hyped to get an Oscar or are you just kind of not going to care? Me personally? Yeah. Me personally. personally. Um, me personally, um, I would be I, it'd be cool to be nominated for an Oscar to get one. But mm-hmm. I wouldn't predicate whether or not I was successful or not based on that. Yeah. Um, if I don't get it, if I don't get an award, I'm not going to love any uh, any less. You're going to go to the to the show if I get nominated. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah. Like, I think, it's, yeah, it's like, especially like the first time mm-hmm. I go, like, I, I would want to go and meet people. I'll meet people I, I um, I feel, you know, look up to and stuff. I feel you. Yeah. It, it, like, the Oscars, like we said, hopefully it just continues on this train of ingratiating more minorities and, you know, people of color into award winning categories and having them win awards. If it continues on that train and it gets to like an even keel, I would go. But if we end up with another Oscars so white situation and start declining, I straight up wouldn't go. Because yeah. like, how am I going to go in this room full of people that work just – no, not full of people that work just as hard as me and are people of color. And I'm just going to sit in this room full of white people and accept their award essentially. You know what I mean? I wouldn't go if it's like that. Yeah, yeah under, under, under I that would context. just be like happy that I got nominated. I would probably send somebody to go and take it for me and say a speech on my behalf or something. You know or I would stun out and like say some, some wild shit on send a Send a video to the so, motherfucker. So they might cut so me like off. Some Drake shit, right? Yeah, like so they might cut me off. <laughs> Or, like, or you gonna say some real shit if you do go? I would say some real shit yeah, <laughs> if I got nominated and won. So yeah. people at the Oscars are listening to this right now and crossing my name off the list. <laughs> yeah, but back to that point you were making earlier about we need to make our own. I feel like that's the direction that we're gonna be headed in the next decade. Be, if especially if the Oscars doesn't yeah. like open up their mind a little bit. Yeah, you know? yeah. So listen, Oscars, and especially since like. Uh, it's coming out to the light that award races are just popularity races anyway. Yeah, man. Yeah, we already like, knew that. Literally, I learned, I forget what class I learned about, where we talked, like one of my film classes, we talked about like how they're like getting an Oscar for a movie is like essentially like courting someone. Like, you know what I mean? It's less based on the skill of the movie. That Of course, that all goes into it. But, you know, it's it's about the time the movie's released and it's about placating a certain uh, members of the Academy and having these parties where you, you invite certain members to watch and, you know, shit like that. See, that seems like a whole bunch of other... Bullshit. You yeah. have a whole bunch of bullshit that goes into whether or not you get picked to win. And it's like, you, we don't know how many factors really... Well, all the criteria that a movie needs to get these kinds of awards or these people need to get these kinds of awards. These people bust their ass. I'm saying, man. You know what I'm saying? Which is also why I don't. So like like some major film, you know what? Some major film person or someone in the future that's going to make a major film is listening to this. So if you put your heart and soul into something, and this is with all artists. Don't just be looking for validation from outside sources, especially ones that of people from people that don't look like you. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, they don't understand where you're coming from. They may not see your movies in the same in the in the same way that you do. So just make your art as best as, to the best of your ability, and just be satisfied. So that even if you don't get that nomination, like you don't fucking trip out and be like, "What the fuck?" Like make movies to make good movies. Don't make them yeah. for Oscars because that would be whack it's whack as hell and now then i would question your real intention <laughs> like yeah. do you just want to get awarded or do yeah. you actually just want to make good content yeah so you know what i'm saying and you know sometimes when you're like a kid you'd be looking at oh i want to do this for the award but like or like you do something thinking you'll get an award and then you don't and you get sad so you know just for the people out there who are who are very uh motivated by awards don't don't hang your hat on that too much just make some good shit and send it to yeah, us we'll look the, at it that's the first thing you should be worried about just making it good yeah, and just you being content with it and satisfied with it um, yeah. overall. Did you guys even watch the Oscars live? Or did I did not. You, of course not. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, we didn't, I didn't watch them, but like, yeah. of course, like I saw the clips on Instagram. I think the, a cool moment was definitely the Samuel Jackson and Spike Lee moment because that's mm. Morehouse. Mm. Yeah. They both Morehouse. So, yeah, you know, yeah, that shit was There's dope. some camaraderie there, some good looks there. And I definitely think and he should have like, got an Oscar. Ben had an Oscar for Do It Right Thing. Oh, my God. He should have yeah. had Come an Oscar on, back man. then. Don't like. Come on now. That's have you seen whole, Do the Right Thing, Nemo? Uh, of course I have. But that's another discussion. That's another discussion. 
But before we actually, before we get into the next topic, let, let's say our Instagrams because we didn't say it last time and we haven't said it so far, just so in case we forget again. Uh-oh. Okay. So, so um, yeah, y'all can follow me at Nemo the Zeus. That's everywhere. N E M O the Zeus Z E U S. You can follow me. This is Huey Huey Revolution speaking at Huey Revolution on pretty much everything Instagram, uh, you know, SoundCloud, YouTube. And also me and Ramil and Nemo. Uh, we have a YouTube channel called Low Mid, so go check that out as well. Yeah, y'all can yeah. follow me at King Ramil at Instagram. That's pretty much all that applies to. <laughs> all right. Um, and so, yeah. Yeah. Um, more content coming to that Low Mid channel. Oh, yeah. So For sure. Be on the yeah, lookout. But, uh, moving on to the next topic. Um, what yeah. is... Yeah, so one of the, the one of the trending topics is the fact that Michael Cohen, who you you guys probably don't know, he's he's one of uh, I've heard about him. Oh yeah, he's for, he's one of Trump's former assistants, and Michael Cohen he finally had his testimony on CNN mm-hmm. last week, and he he basically snitching straight up on Trump. <laughs> so it's it's finna be over it for Trump. You think so? So what? Okay, so what exactly is he? Okay, so what is he telling about Trump? Because I don't know that. And part. I, before you actually give the facts, because I don't know yet, but I do remember leading up to like this happening, I saw like some shit on the news about him basically breaking down about how like he gets out of jail, Trump wasn't riding for him, and he's like, "I'm telling everything because this nigga was fucking did me dr- dirty and shit." Nick said, "Fuck you, nigga. I know all your dirty lines, Drew. Nigga, I'm finna air you the fuck yeah, out." Yeah, like, how is Trump gonna do some shit like that? Just shows you the arrogance of Trump. Like, yeah, that, he gonna do that shit, and then you get out. He's like, "I don't know, nigga. We'll figure that. Shit out later. <laughs> we'll figure that shit out. Just that's- chill, dog. Like, dog, I spent time in prison. Like, help me out. Like, nah, like, nigga, I'll help that. you when I'm ready. Nigga, hold you know up, man. Nigga, hold up. Yeah, but that, that's one of the points I wanted to make is how." how much of a con artist Trump actually is. Uh, Michael Cohen, <laughs> okay. he, he's bringing that to the light yeah. in front of all these people. He's coming out and saying, you know, I've been working for this man for 10 years blindly, so if anyone else is doing the same, y'all will probably follow the same consequences that I've been to face. So, so give us some more facts, man. Yeah, so, so it's like, what, what exactly happened? So it, he had the Story Daniel, the Story Daniels thing. They had a whole lot of hush money. Stormy Daniels? Yeah, the Story Daniels case uh, where Trump was basically smashing a porn star oh yeah i heard about that. yeah and <laughs> there was smashing stormy daniel yeah like and currently or like back in the day like if he was doing i think it, it was like day, was it after election after election i think it was after election so he got elected and was like hey hey i think i was some of this president pussy <laughs> presidential pussy <laughs> presidential yeah. pussy the inaugural address all right keep <laughs> The inaugural undress. And of of course, y'all know about the uh, the rumors that he's been colluding with Russia. Yeah. 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 So he he didn't really touch up that much on that, but he kind of hinted at it. And pretty much Cohen just confirms what we already know is that he is a racist, a con artist. He's just doing it for his brand. He's not trying to make America great again. He's trying to make his brand great again. Mm-hmm. And Michael Cohen, he didn't know that until until the recent years, and or like, at least he's claiming that he didn't. Because you know he, he, he might have probably been to about the shit. Him, get caught I mean, if he shit. come okay. on, now. I mean, he's doing something positive now. No, no, yeah. No, no, yeah, he's doing something. But honestly, if he didn't realize that, he wouldn't be talking to us because. Not only did he tell us what he's been doing, he showed us a lot of documentation. Mm-hmm. He brought the checks that Trump signed himself from yeah. his personal bank to cover up for the hush money that Michael Cohen was sending out. So did he for say? Trump. Did he say why he's doing this? Like what sparked this? Yeah, I'm about to say. So when when it sent it, made him have? be like, you know what? Well, fuck Donald Trump. 
I'm going to snitch on this motherfucker. I guess when he went what to jail. made j- him pull a 6'9", man? Yeah, I guess when he went to jail and he noticed that uh, Trump was like, oh, this nigga's a rat. Oh, and he didn't get him out of jail. <laughs> wait, hold up. So, wait, okay, so, when he, so when, he, when he got locked up and Trump didn't help him, that's when he figured Trump was a rat-ass motherfucker. I think so. Don't, oh, he said Trump is a rat. Oh, wait, no, no, no. Wait, wait, no. I Trump said that. Cohen is a rat. Trump uh, said Cohen oh, is a rat. Oh, Trump said Cohen was a rat. Because oh, yeah, Trump knew that Cohen. He tried to get Cohen to take the fall for his shit, right? Essentially, yes, yeah, essentially, essentially. I'm, I'm, I'm learning. I'm learning as much as y'all are, to be honest. Oh, okay. We're learning All right. Situation because unfolds. this, 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 this is a we got the gist of it. Yeah, yeah, this, this is a story that's going to go down in history. To be think honest, so? because yeah, you think so? Yeah, because I, Trump is such a he's such a. He's such a global figure. Trump does horrible shit all the time, man. I and know, like, but it's to the point where you think this is the one that's going to break him, break him down. I but, well. Or at least one of the more memorable ones. I I think this moment is going to lead to his um, impeachment. You really oh, think really? so? I think so because that's that's Calling the way the it happened. With, right uh, now? That's the way it happened with Nixon. Wait, was it Nixon that got impeached? I don't remember. I don't remember. Heart. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Either. I don't know either. But either either way, did Nixon get impeached, Ken? Did Nixon get impeached? He did. Oh, Nixon okay. was the one that got impeached. Okay, okay. yeah. So it's it's it, it's kind of the same thing that's happening with uh hmm. with yeah bro I'm, my prediction is that this shit just blows under the wind and low key i don't think i don't think he'll be impeached i hope it, not but no no this, that's my prediction bro this, but i, I hope you're right though we hope you're right yeah but i i could see trump just he'll, he'll just he say some, he'll just get on tv and say some fuck shit and all his supporters will be like well yeah it's not true <laughs> here's another thing that here's another thing that cohen made Trump realized that he knew he was racist. One time in private, Trump asked Cohen, can you tell me a country run by a black man that wasn't a shithole? Oh, my God. And that was well, wow. We, knew, we know Trump's racist. Yeah, yeah we know. We, black I guess, people knew I guess, that. I guess you need the fact to support it up. I mean, back it up because people are going to be like, well, he's not. Yeah. Like, see, the crazy because, thing is we live in a country where we know our president's racist, but it's just like, we have to is prove. it a problem yeah, right now? That's the because oh that's how gosh. we move day Because to day. when Cohen, after Cohen brought up all these facts and stuff, it, the funny part was to me, the funny part to me was how the Republicans were reacting to this. They were trying to defend Trump, of course. They of course. Were, they were yeah. talking about, oh, no, you're facts you, and all that. Shit. Yeah, they're, they're, they're saying things like, oh, no, you're just mad that you didn't that you didn't get the White House job. But Cohen was like, <laughs> nigga, I'm working with the president. I don't want to be in the White House. I'm already good working with the president. What else did they say? Um, yeah, they were also saying things like Trump never made any racist comments. I've, I've been in private with this man. I know what he's like. Well, of course you've been in private with Trump. And of course he's not going to show your race, his racist side to the Republicans. And of course, if you're down for him, you wouldn't say that shit. Exactly. Like, imagine, if you're on his side, you want to snitch on Imagine you're on his side and be like, well, but, well, yeah, he did say nigger that one time. But, you know, besides that, he's, he's a not a racist. Guy. You know, blow that shit out of the way. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? And I even I heard why. When did people stop lying? I'm not, I'm not saying who – I'm not saying, you know, I know one way or the other, but I'm just saying all that shit, you can kind of throw that out. When it's clo- people that are that close or work for this motherfucker, of course they're going to have his back because they're out, he's out the job, they're out the job. Yeah, then, uh, it's, it's time to get this clown out the office. Yeah. On top of that, he has a whole legion of people who are openly racist supporting him. So if that's any indication of what his ideologies are, mm. if anybody's paying attention on the surface level, that yeah. should tell you that's, a that's, little bit about what this motherfucker believes. You, Man, what the, remember the whole shit with the Klan and him? Yes. Like, I, I don't want to say—well, uh, take this with a grain of salt. I don't remember the exact quotes, but I just remember 
something with is like they're not all bad people or some shit like that. He probably I don't did think kinda, I remember people that were directly in the clan. I don't remember. I don't know. That either clan out. or associated or have some kind of maybe general white right wing yeah, beliefs. He was saying some fuck shit. Yeah. He always says some fuck shit. So. Yeah, he always on some dumb shit. He's been on some dumb shit since the fucking eighties when people were rapping about him and now he's the president. Now they're mad. <laughs> now we're like, oh fuck. Well it makes sense. When yeah, he wasn't that. in power, they were like they can just yeah. laugh at this nigga yeah, now and try to get some of his money. But yeah. now he's a fucking president of the fucking United States of and America. He really trolled his way into the he office. He trolled his fucking way into he the office. He literally memed his way in, into the office. <laughs> and because nobody, no, but you know why though? Because because nobody believed that he could win. That's why he Bro, won. We were laughing at We were shit. laughing at we that were like, shit. Oh, like, and then his fucking numbers started to slowly rise. Then, above, like, oh, on election day, listen, the night of the election, I was like, all right, we can stop playing now. <laughs> y'all, like, right, y'all, the meme isn't that yeah. funny anymore, guys. <laughs> and then we woke up and Trump was president. We was like, oh, shit. No, no, because I remember staying up. Oh my! You God. stayed up a whole night, bro. I stayed up to walk to you like. Stay- oh, I was so I sad. Can't. I think I walked to the store because I was just so depressed. <laughs> Go get some and skittles. That was, <laughs> bro. Jay, Everyone had a math fucking- test that day. Oh, oh shit. yeah, we did, and the whole God, school was what a dead shitty as hell. Day. Math and Trump as president. The whole- How does it get any worse? I remember walking to the gas station, and everyone in the gas station was heads down, sad God as fuck. Damn. <laughs> you know they usually be in there just turning up and having to get. They were like, oh. nobody that was, was the tone. Like, Let me get five on. Uh, Five on six dog, punch six dog. Let me. That was the entire tone the day he got elected president. Go Everybody was depressed because so even at GPC, surreal, the whole vibe was like. We thought about making a short film about that. Yeah. Shit too. Oh shit. <laughs> we should keep that idea. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Crazy, like he's man. he's a dumb motherfucker. Been a dumb motherfucker, but hey, he, man. he's a rich motherfucker. So that's why he's able to get away with a dumb lot of shit. You know who else is dumb and rich? Perhaps a lot of people. It, who isn't isn't Kraft one of those people? Maybe. I don't right. know if he's necessarily dumb. Well, I don't oh, know yes. about dumb, say, but he's one of the he's rich, rich. Now, wait, wait. Before you continue, say who, say his full name and say who he is, because when you guys are talking about craft, you remember I hit up the child's like, are you talking about Man, making that own craft cheese? That's because he reads a meme, dog. They don't listen to <laughs> No, bro. Everybody. I legit thought they were talking about the nigga that owns craft singles. Like, <laughs> this I was like, who the okay. fuck is that? Because I, I don't, um, I don't watch sports like that. I don't keep up with it like that, you know. True for figures. For so. those of you that don't know, Robert Kraft is the Patriots owner. He's a close associate of Trump, and he has some links to the hip hop. I guess he has. He has, he has uh, was, reportedly, yeah. allegedly, he had allegedly. Some, some kind of uh, some kind of um, hand in Meek Mill getting free, and possibly was on board with helping Meek Mill and Jay Z with some sort of prison reform. Allegedly, I don't know if this is true, but that's mm-hmm. what I heard. So, if, see, because when I hear that. After hearing the, it's like he, it's not, he sounds like a mixed bag to me because he's doing positive things with prison reform, but also he's, you guys are saying he, he's been, um, people have said he's racist and shit like that. Well, I believe he's probably, I believe, there's a strong really, belief that he hasn't he's really racist. shown it, but mm. Mm, I don't, he so what's really, the negatives? It's this whole case that's going on with the, what's going on here right with now, the prostitutes? He, right now, yes, it's the prostitutes case. Mm. Tell us about it, Rob. So the prostitution case, as far as like I understand it, it was just like he, um, well, actually, we, we talked about it a little bit beforehand, um, me and Ken did, about how, like, basically now what he's doing is, well, I think what happened was he was told that because you don't know this certain information, you can only get hit with a misdemeanor charge because you didn't know the full extent to which the soliciting of the prostitutes were happening. So if, oh. because you didn't know, Wait, no, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm going to break it down, I'm going to break it down, I'm going to break it down. Because you didn't know the whole process, uh-huh. you can just say, oh, I didn't know, and that'll help you out in court. That never. I don't know any wait, black people that's ever helped. That. Wait, what? because yeah, wouldn't niggas just be? Like, I didn't know, and people be. It, there's some. Or is that it's like just because you don't know doesn't mean you can't get charged? Like, yeah, you know what that's, I mean? That's, that's a, that's you can be an accomplished. Well, that was shit. that, uh, and then I asked that too. I was like, so I thought that ignorance was no excuse for the law, yeah. or something like that. But then, um, what was it called? What was that term called again? Kinge that um. It, um 
Plausible deniability. Plausible deniability. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So but, he has that in his wow. corner. What? The, over some shit? Like, I thought when it gets to shit like that, it's just like, you fucked up. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> Plausible deniability is like... I thought that well, because he was just. I think. No lawyer, I think. So, I think. No, I don't know this to be true, and I, I and I still think there's more to this story that has to come out. Mm. Um, but I think that he was just paying these girls to do sexual favors for him. But as far as like the transportation of them and the organization of the entire oh, women Jesus. who were doing that, yeah, I didn't. Know I don't think he that. knew. I didn't know it was a whole about that ordeal. I think he's just paying I women. I thought he was just fucking he, some prostitutes. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> because it's illegal. I mean, know I know it's yeah, illegal, so, but like. So I think that's why you know. he might not get hit with like a a felony. <laughs> it, that's not as bad as like driving him around and you know starting a whole ring and shit. Yeah, like being a charge of that yeah. whole. Thing. We'll, we'll find out about more as that as it unfolds. You know, we'll, we'll but, give yeah. Some but I think I think just more so in his case, the reason why it's even news is because his team did just recently win the Super Bowl. <laughs> you have that right, and then you also have like all of these like incidents that have just occurred within the Pages organization, which is kind of like See, made the whole organization like even with the deflate gate and now you got this like with that. the Robert Kraft situation. You've had a whole bunch of incidents around that team that have just kind of made it a, a table of conversation. Man, so that shit is all right. Well, okay. Now I want to bring up a topic. Mm-hmm. What's going on? Gentlemen. Okay. So recently an upcoming new artist uh, released an album. You guys may know this guy. Who could this be? By the name of uh, Nemo the Zeus. Nemo. Nemo oh, the Zeus. I thought you were talking about fucking low pump or some shit. No, bro. No, we're talking about <laughs> talking about Nemo, Nemo the Zeus. <laughs> Dropped oh. a project. Let me give you guys some background information. Dropped a project called Black Rose. Uh, released on the twenty eighth of February. Which yeah. was just a couple of days ago. It was just so a couple of days go please ago. Cop, you know, go please cop that and check that so out. So you guys can check that out. We're going to be talking. I, actually, we have the artist himself on the show. So what Nemo. we wanted to do was, you know, tell people to go listen to it and get Nemo. We wanted to pick the brain of an artist and get into what was it like creating this album and what were the motivations and themes for some of these songs? And what was it like working with some of the other artists? Because I believe Huey Revolution makes an appearance on one song as well. <laughs> Who right? happens to be the guy that's speaking? You so know? two of the two of the guys it happens to be me. Yeah, it happens to be him. So you know what I'm saying? So yeah. please explain. I just that have process. a small part. Uh, these niggas. But go, right. ahead, go ahead and get into it, sir. All right. Very so, good album, by the way. I just like to say, dope. Yeah. So this is an album that um, I literally put all of my time and energy into just because it was the only thing making me happy just hearing myself like okay so like when i went into this i wanted to make something that i wanted to hear my favorite rappers spit or not not exactly but that vibe yeah that vibe but still like incorporating my elements and telling me things that i need to hear so i could keep on going and when i was making it at first I, i i came up with like four songs right and then um, after I came up with those four songs, I was like, you know what? This this sounds like it, it could be something. So then a couple months down the road, I came up with the title. A few more months down the road, I came up with the album cover. And Which looks dope. Yeah, then a month after that, a month after I wrote all the songs or whatever, I just locked myself in the studio and just re- recorded it and uh, mixed it and mastered it. Um, Talk a little bit about... What was your inspiration for the songs? Like, some of these themes are very sad, obviously. Yeah. So, what was like, it? what were you thinking of, like, as the overarching thing of, like, this is how I want this to sound? What's, like, running in the back of your head as you're creating these songs to link them together? Okay, so what really helped me at first was the production of the album. The production was just addicting to me and different. 
it was something I haven't heard before. Yeah. You know, it's it's Some it's that beat. it's that lo-fi type of sound, but it's like modernized and I don't know. The drums are just really fi to me. Yeah. Shout out to Stolen Drums for the production who on most of it. But um yeah, I was just telling my story, telling whatever I was going through at the time, telling whatever was on my mind, just uh and also just giving myself some motivation, throwing them some some phrases of encouragement like especially yeah. that especially track two i'm gonna oh, yeah. be all right mm-hmm. that was one of second favorite track because i'm on one of the other tracks <laughs> if I so by default that's his favorite it. <laughs> it's the best track on the album sir <laughs> yeah <laughs> no flex my favorite song is last day yeah. last day yeah, yeah. Last let me talk day. about both of those songs so yeah, pick, first pick up, first last day um i heard the beat and i was like you know what damn i need to like really spit on here like really talk about what's going on so that's what i did i was talking about was this like when you were in the midst of because you've dealt with depression you know yeah, you, still on and off battle it. you know yeah. was this when you were like heavy into dealing with depression yeah and so did like i'm interested yeah. when because like you know depressed people make sad songs and mm-hmm. a lot of the times you know when you're sad you listen to sad music you create sad things but it kind of helps you a little bit because like I guess when you're listening to other artists, you're like, "Oh, they're going through what I'm going through, and they're where they are." So I know like shit can get better. How does like working on songs that are very sad help you work through it? Is it just like, "Oh, I'm just telling my truth," so it's just helping me t- turn something sad into something beautiful, or what? Is yeah, it, it was kind of like that. I just wanted to make what I wanted to hear. To right. be honest, what, yeah. what, what would make you feel better? I yeah, guess. and and I I just I just wanted a really good concept around the album that's where the the whole black rose ties in and you know i love concept man. yeah i i just i wanted the concept of the entire thing to be consistent but like still very brief that's why it's only seven songs 14 minutes yeah yeah that's um two minutes. but but going back to oh wait i already finished last day uh going to the song that me and huey did yeah let's talk, talk about that a little bit so hit ass <laughs> let's talk about that song a little bit yeah so it's called the, no response yeah, that was just when I was writing that. I, I literally wrote that verse in a day because um, Wish I, I just could say the same about my verse. <laughs> <laughs> I I just wanted to make something that um, I just well it, at that point it it had been like a couple months that I had sat down and wrote a song. So I was just like, you know, let me just knock this out because this beat does sound hard as fuck. So let me just knock it out. I already got a flow that I want. So let me just you know continue to knock it out. But yeah. then. After I've recorded that verse, that's when my uh, that's that's when my whole reality was like crashing down because that's when my mom like interrupted my studio session. She called my entire existence shit, and le- I was living a, a Going sad some shit. Yeah, I was living a sad existence. That's what she said to me, and she yeah once again she called that shit shit. So that made me feel terrible. I laugh and, at things that aren't funny just for people listening to our like yeah. So do I. <laughs> That's how we deal with shit. Yeah. So after that, th- those words were kind of encouragement for me to want to finish the album, but it kind of made me not want to finish the song. So that's why I was like, <laughs> you know, let me just have someone else come on. So, and I immediately thought of you because I know that you could spit. I know that you're you're adaptable to other people's projects. That's that's the finest thing about Huey Revolution. Go on. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> I'm tall. As the two pummel the hell out of each other right here. I'm cool. Continue. (laughs) He's also fucking charming, if you didn't know. (laughs) 
He's like, my, he's, he, can he can also nice. rap and sing, and he dresses I mean, nice. Well, he's on. about six one. A bunch of shit that has nothing to do with <laughs> like, rap. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah. Huey is like my light skinned brethren. So I knew that he can. I'm brown skin. I'm caramel. God damn. By the way, it's Dang. a mocha caramel. Go ahead. Go ahead. Dang. Mocha caramel. Dang. Continue. So I, he's my light skinned brethren. So oh, that's caramel. why I wanted him on there because I knew that he could be able to like get into my world and be able to talk about what i'm feeling yeah. and what he's feeling but also just in his words honestly yeah. the, the project is an experience if you listen to it from front to back in my opinion because it it, it really immerses you into my world i would say yeah. so i got a question what do you want people to take away from this album what are some of the things that you really want people to get from this album that, that you would want to people to get most from this album when they listen to it I, uh, that was my a professional ass question, dude. That was nice. You did. Yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, that was I, have been, I have been sitting on for the past six yeah. months. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that was a good question. But um, wait, wait, wait. F- fucking repeat it because. So what do you want audiences to take away from your project? Like, what, when you were making this project, okay. what did you want audiences to take away from? What, do you, what still do you want audiences to take away from? Okay, I, I, I want them to be able to pay attention to the lyrical ability that I put into there because I just wanted to be able to express my emotions, but in a very poetic way because. Um, one of the things no no when I first started rapping the first thing I was was a poet right so that's that's the first thing that I want y'all to, to look at mm-hmm. the way that I'm putting these words and like telling my emotion second thing is the the entire atmosphere of the thing because mm-hmm. um, your favorite song is Last Day that, that song has a very good atmosphere and it, that's it, why it, does. it puts you what I like about it is that it really puts you in the like like the it's like when you read a book and you imagine the environment yeah. uh, by yourself exactly it's, it's like that it's especially with your last interpretation. day I just imagine myself like walking down the street yeah like, I'm sad as fuck it gives exactly you, it, it tells exactly a story exactly what I wanted from that song because yeah that 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 beat it just it yeah. just brings it out we're storytellers tellers over here yeah. I mean so overall the general consensus is that Black Rose is a dope project that yeah. you all need to check out as soon as you get the uh, time ten out of ten. You know oh, what I'm saying? You would give that shit a 10 out of 10? Of course, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why you pause? <laughs> but oh, no, wow. but definitely Everything go check it out. It's on, it's, 10, on, it's, on, it's on SoundCloud right it, now, right? It's on SoundCloud right now. We're going to get it to other streaming platforms um, in a few weeks. Right now, we're just Everything running through clearance issues. It's 10 out of 10. But Remember it, that shit, if nothing else. Yeah, and, and one of the fans that, that viewed, um, that not, not viewed, that listened to that project, he said it gives him catharsis. Wow, great word. Don't know yeah. what it means. Yeah, the, the catharsis is the process of releasing and thereby providing relief from strong or repressed emotions. Oh, wow. So like that's a hell of a compliment. Nut. And your project did that for him, so <laughs> yes. that's humbling. Did anybody hear what I said? Nah. I said, so like when you nut. <laughs> <laughs> that's catharsis? Uh, he he could have described it that way, nut. too. Oh, catharsis. He could have described it that way too, but hey, either way, that's a humbling. That's a humbling comment. <laughs> Damn! So my project is ten out of ten. Damn, Huey, what are your fucking top three albums in? Yeah, yeah let's get into oh, the yeah, top yeah. three albums. Wait, I thought we were doing top three funny sounding racial slurs. Nah, that's for next week, bro. <laughs> next week, man. Oh, okay. Well, uh, top three albums. That kind of puts me on the spot. So, of, yeah, of 2018, uh, though. Of 2018, yes. Yeah, uh, so top three lists for this podcast yeah two is top three albums of 2018 yeah we're gonna do the same thing we did last week we're gonna go number three all around then number two all around then one all around for sure and then you guys are gonna vote for me to win so yeah yeah that's how it's gonna go and Nemo's gonna go first okay Nemo 
Oh, number Damn. three album of, the, of 2018. I guess Damn. I'll go second this time. All since right. like we'll go in a circle. Yeah, we'll go like that. Damn. So yeah, this list this list was actually very very hard for me to put together because 2018 was uh oh wait wait are these specifically rap albums hip-hop rap yeah yeah we just hip-hop hit, we did hip, yeah we did hip-hop rap because that's most like for the three of us we listen to a lot of different types of music yeah but rap albums are the ones we listen through the most thoroughly yeah predominantly yeah. like that's, for yeah. the most part yeah, for sure know. for sure um, being black and all yeah, and, and 2018 was in my opinion a very iconic year for music so that's why this list was very hard to put together but number three Oh, number three, number three. What am I gonna give y'all? Stop stalling. Uh, okay, number three, DiCaprio. Okay, DiCaprio oh. two by JID. Of course, man. That shit is my boy. Man, that, that was so. That man, was I put such a good album. On the jib, boy. Yeah, you see, see, back jib. when he wasn't even. Get it. <laughs> Please explain, Nemo. Goddamn. <laughs> yes. Let me just shut up. Jid did a really good job at showcasing his amazing flow, his amazing writing ability in this album, and the production from Chase the Money, Kenny Beat, Sunny Digital. That makes it even better. And he still has his older producers from this first project that he has on there called The Never Story. Um, I know J. Cole, he produced a song from The Never Story, and he produced a song from DiCaprio, too. Uh, what else do I like about this man? <sighs> Jed, he put he put together a very good album. I love the fact that he took a very long time with this project, and he was slowly releasing the big hits. I know when One Fifty One Run came out, I was like, God damn, what the fuck! And but then he came out with Off D's, which is even better in my opinion because I love that bass boom and trap sound. So it, it just got it just got better. Um, there, there's a couple of uh, quotables that really stuck out to me from that album. Uh, one of the one of the quotables he said on one of the last songs, he was like, "Oh, you gonna be a rapper with your dumb ass? Just cause you used to bum cast, talk fast, and tap a drum pad, you think the world's gone mad? I'm gonna be better than y'all trying to be. Y'all will see." So it's yeah. pretty hard. Yeah. Yeah. So, so JID DiCaprio too for yeah. your number three album of the year. Okay. Yep. Cool. Cool. Nice. Cool, cool. Solid pick. Uh, I'll go next, as we already established. But let me get a, give a disclaimer to the people. I, a, I did not hear a lot of the most popular rap albums last year. Because oh, for, shit. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> because for a long time, as y'all know, which they don't know, my phone was broken as shit for a while. Oh, so yeah. a lot of the albums y'all were recommending me and sending me my way that I had no way to listen to because I listen to music on my phone. I didn't really lap back around to them yet. So there's a lot of stuff I haven't heard. But based on what I did hear which is a decent amount of uh, albums. Yeah. My number three pick, got to give it to Room 25 by No Name. No Name. No, okay. Got to give it to Room 25 by No one. Name. Okay, she's fire. This, she is, oh my, she's so fire. This album, dude, it was so fucking pleasant to listen to, first off. Like, so beautiful to listen to. Really, like, encapsulates you in her world very perfectly. It's like the, so far, because I know she she's going to, make better stuff um, because she's still, you know, she's up and coming. This is the perfect no-name album so far to me. Um, yeah, she has a lot of jazzy piano. Type she has of a lot of a lot of her five points. A lot of music. her, a lot of her production is <laughs> yeah, live. Yeah. She's using yeah, live production. Yeah, live That's why it sounds like five. I, yeah. I love, especially when it relates to hip hop music experimentation. Her album is like 
a, a, a near perfect blend of like R and B and hip hop, R and B and rap. Yeah, right. and so she has a couple of songs on there that also capture emotions very well, which you guys know I'm big on. Um, she talks about a lot of shit on this album, like don't sleep on the lyricism, don't sleep on the messages, because she's talking about a lot of shit. It doesn't just sound pretty. Talking about the black experience in America, especially related to being a woman. Um, talks about death on this album, concepts of death. She talks about just you know a, lo- a lot of personal feelings and shit. Yeah, no name gets more personal on this project than, than she did on her last project, telephone, telephone calls. Right. So. Um, yeah, like she's, she's dope as hell. What, let me let me break down like, uh, and don't forget about me. That's the the song where like she's talking that's, about. That's my know, favorite from that shit. Track. Yeah, it is a, so like, nah. dude. While I was listening to that song, because I listened to, I, I still listen to that album like now. Yeah, I still yeah. Um, to that shit. It. What I wrote down, I was like, it captures that uneasy mist mysticism feeling of thinking about death, to where it's like this beautiful song. But it's about death because death isn't always inherently very sad. Yeah. And it's because it's it's a certain mysticism to it. Like, we don't know what happens to us. And she's like, I just hope my mom remembers me. I just hope my soul lives on. You know, it's just this very like floaty sort of, oh shit, like, just we all die one day. Yeah. This is what I hope happens. And and I love how quiet she gets on most of these songs. It's like, you can tell she's so real intimate. It's very very genuine and intimate. She doesn't have to stun on you niggas yet. She has like a very like calming, jazz, soothing, but like very lyrical. Like kind of you know energy, yeah. like lyrical you know energy, but it's just so pleasant. Like yeah, it's like you, you know how there's like the um like in, in like Pokemon or some shit. There's like the cute animal that like fuck you up. <laughs> that's how the songs are. They're like yeah, so that, pleasant, but they're so yeah. heavy. That, that's a good analogy. So uh, and then the last point I want to make is these features. Some great ass features. Come on, Ace, Raven you know, Lene, <laughs> who I didn't even know about before listening to this. Her voice on Mont- Montego Bay. That shit is so beautiful. Like, Jesus Christ. I did, gotta go check out some of her shit. And then you already know my boy Smino on Ace. And Sabo. Sabo One of, def, that's probably my favorite song because yeah, off the too. album, just it's so fi. That's my favorite off of Telephone, too, when they were on there. Yeah. Yeah, they were on Telephone, It's too. so good. And, uh, yeah, that's my number three pick. Ramil? Yeah, yeah, All right, my number three album. Um, I kind of struggled with this list, too, though, because I did listen to a lot of music um, in the past year, and I liked a lot of music that came out in 2018 um i think how I determined what was my favorite is you have to be i think you have, you have to look at what you play what you replay a lot mm. like i feel like damn i'd be like damn I, I play this shit all the time this has to be my favorite since i choose to play it all the time that's mm-hmm. kind of like one of the criteria i guess i'll use for determining if something is like a top favorite of mine but my number three hip-hop album of last year was um after much like debate and deliberation <laughs> it turned out to be uh nasir by Nas. Okay. Mm, and okay. the reason I say Nasir is because I wasn't a huge Nas fan going in going into this album. Of course, Kanye's production gave me more incentive to yeah. go check out this album. So when I listen to it, and it's it's, it's only like but it's seven songs, about twenty four minutes. So it means it's concise, it's not too long. Like you know what I'm saying? And I just think um Nas's rapping ability, I see why he's been categorized as so different from like other rappers or why he's kind of viewed differently because night Nas tends to fight the beat. In a sense, like when he raps, like he's just <laughs> spitting bars and bars and bars and bars. Like, yeah, you know, he, he his flow, 
his flow is kind of continuous. That was, you know that what I'm saying? Specific that was my problem when I first started because, like, I'm a poetic ass nigga, so I, w- I would like spit a little bit like Nas nah, sometimes. So yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, it like he, he, he does that. That and happens so, a lot. I think I don't know how he produced the album, but that happens a lot when you like write before you hear the beats. Yeah. When you have stories to tell, before and I think you hear that beats. I think that might be his process. Um, but I'm not sure. So, but uh, nevertheless, I found this album to be very enjoyable. I think it's a classic hip-hop album and the reason i say that is because classic yeah i've been said that. like because it's like i think like the pr- the production of it and the lyricism of it i think it'll age well mm-hmm. i think it'll age well because like nothing out really especially in the mainstream with somebody Nas's level is really putting out stuff like this like the stuff we hear in the mainstream is not what Nas album sounds like okay but and, but, but, and it's never and it has like it has like a um like I said, the production is really good on it. I really enjoyed that. And I think like Nas's lyricism and rapping, especially on the song Everything, that's probably my favorite overall song. I think that's the best overall song because of the message and the beat and just like the whole aesthetic of that whole shit is just like, damn, like this is something that we don't really hear in hip hop anymore like this in the mainstream. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So like the fact that he like is able to put together an album who had, it had like... It, it wasn't. It didn't sound outdated, but it had a more of a traditional hip hop feel to some of those songs. Right. I felt like, in my in my opinion, um, and yeah, like Nas brought it, Kanye brought it. I thought it was a really good collaboration as far as like just them both um, playing to their strengths with that album. So, and plus, my expectations were already kind of like I didn't have any going into it, so I was more so surprised when I heard it. And I was like, oh shit, yeah, I fuck with this shit hard as fuck. So it's my number three. All right now we're, we've circling. Were, back were you gonna ask to me though? Number two. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah, I was going to ask you what what about the what about the uh, the hardcore Nas fans who said that this is probably his worst album. What Whoa. do you what do you have to say about that? Well, I would say wait first. Have you listened to any Nas albums? Before? Yeah, this one this one made me go back. Oh, okay, this oh, one made me oh, go back. That one made you go See? back. And yeah, you, you think this one is better than those? I think this one is my favorite out of his albums though. But mm-hmm. Illmatic is a classic. But what I'm saying is like I think that just based off like just this, just what I like to hear. A lot yeah. comes from this album of his, of his music. This is what I listen to the most, and, and I know about everything else now. Yeah, white label is hard. No cap. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Rob put me onto that. And you <laughs> didn't grow up with the original albums. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't come up so with. So you at probably the time. have a more fresh. Per, I don't want to say fresh, but like you know what I mean. A mature, you have, you have a mature perspective. perspective. I'm a mature a perspective, perspective yeah. than the average Nas fan. Yeah. But this album basically made you a fan. Yeah, it did. Wow. Well, see, that's good. Nas fans should be happy about that. <laughs> it was they're not, they're not for this album. It was either you loved it or you hate it. And even when it got released, the, like a lot of the people that I see think this shit is dope. Mm. A lot of critics might have given mixed reviews, mm. but that's like that's different. That's different range. Yeah. Or, like, and then it's a different era of hip hop. So yeah, you know how that plays down. So, Nemo, no. give us your number two. Number two, pick, boy. sir. All right, number two. This one's going to surprise many. Uh, I know it's going to surprise a lot. Number two is Die Lit by Playboy Cardi. Oh, okay. Well, no, I'm actually not that surprised because you did kind of. I'm surprised. Because he, he did kind of I mean, talk yeah, about that I, mean, I know you're not surprised, but I've talked to you about it. But, man, okay, so. It just because Nemo is the, like, your favorite rapper is Earl. Like, you know what I mean? Earl and Playboy are the total polar opposites. <laughs> like, literally opposites. as far away from each other as you can expect. So, uh, yeah, the most so. lyrical, appreciative nigga sitting here, maybe, arguably. <laughs> Love the Playboy Cardi <laughs> Yeah, dial it. As number two. Hey, man, the reason why... Above this, Jid's album, yeah, just the, so you know. The only reason why this is above Jid's album... So when you guys are voting, <laughs> this nigga put take Playboy Cardi over Jid. In this specific context, but take my quote out of context. He put Playboy Cardi over Jid. But continue. <laughs> Not right. like Playboy Cardi. I'm just fucking around. <laughs> All right, the only reason why this is above... 
uh, Jed's project is because I played this a whole lot more than I did Jed's album. Uh. Like, this is one of those albums where I could put on any day and I would get instant gratification and instant satisfaction from. And it's mainly because Pierre Bourne. Man. He is a fool with those beats, though. Pierre Bourne, we going he's the fuck good. off. Pierre yeah, Bourne, really he he really. Him I and Playboy Cardi mix so well. I call yeah. him Pierre Bourne, but anyway, oh. <laughs> <laughs> what? I don't know about that guy. But yeah, I don't know Pierre Bourne <laughs> with with this project, he certified himself as a legit iconic producer in this hip hop mm. industry and. People, he'll yeah. be a name to remember for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, yeah, he'll, put, yeah. Some, put some, yeah, put some, put some put respect some on that man's name. Cause, cause, put some sauce on the name because the sauce that he is using on his beats, like he's doing it a little bit differently with the way he samples his beats and puts in the eight hundred eight. In fact, one thing I should mention is that the way the way a lot of people do their eight hundred eights comes from Pierre Bourne. You know, um, mm. YBN, YBN song. That that song was a uh, a Pierre Bourne type beat off YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Well, oh, yeah. It's funny because we saw that beat before he blew yeah, up. Yeah, I, I was going to use that beat, but then YBN Amir like, blew life. up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's funny as fuck. Man, to each his own. And yeah. But enough about Pierre Bourne. Let's talk about the, the actual artist. Cardi... Now I know he's not a lyrical guy, Mm-mm. but he by any stretch he's bringing something. Yeah. He's bringing he's something new to the yeah. Well, he's a different in his, lane. Yeah, he's in his own lane. So he's bringing something extremely new to the hip hop industry, and, and that is the amount of energy and his uh, his delivery. You know, on this album, he experiments the way he he, he experiments with the way that he delivered his vocals you know he he's putting his voice into that that higher upper tone or whatever i i've i've noticed that some rappers are starting to do that now mm. yeah yeah and it's because of cardi and probably thug as well definitely and, thug. and with and with cardi's flow i know it's not like an intricate flow but his flow <laughs> it, it just matches the beat so well like it's not about what you're saying on this project because remember the name is dilate you're trying to get lit. You're. N- I don't want to hear about fucking cover, Black Lives Matter. On yeah, the cover, the cover says it all. Perfect for that. Yeah, I, exactly. Just him jumping into a crowd. I, exactly. Like, who gives a shit from from the second level too. Like, like yeah, that, that's like, some title the creator would do. Yeah, I don't, I don't <laughs> give a fuck exactly. about life. So <laughs> give a fuck, <laughs> nigga. I'm dying lit. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. So it's, it's not about what you're saying on the project. It's about how he said how it. How lit you are. Yeah, and, and that's that's what made it so enjoyable for me, and it's made it so playable. For me, the replay value yeah. was like up there. I've been listening to this project from May till today, to be honest. <laughs> Man, hey, and I song. haven't even like I think I sifted through it once, and I like I I, I get the appeal of Playboy Cardi because he has nice melodies and mm-hmm. he just he has catchy music and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. If you're looking for lyrics, don't go to him. If you just want some hype shit, no. If you're looking for lyrics, do go to him, <laughs> but just be disappointed. God damn! <laughs> or you could do that too. You, you could be, you could put yourself through that too. But I'm just like if you're looking for lyrics, just on like a service level, he's not really. I think in my opinion for that he's. More yeah. so, like he's like his album is called Die Lit yeah. because he makes lit party music mostly. Um, even though he was on Solange's last album, which I did hear, oh by the he way, he's on, he's on Solange's oh, album. Check that out. That's an I interesting didn't, I didn't pair. Even and even even like I'll, I'll let y'all listen to it and we'll talk about that. But he's on Solange's album, which by okay. the way is beautiful. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I don't okay. care. But um, yeah, like he has the appeal of just like melodic and it's just like it's like on the way to the function music. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's yeah, good for that. Perfect. That's definitely a category of music. On the way to the function. On the way to the function is a category. Category for music, it One is. Day we need to do top three on the way to the function projects Facts. or songs or something because people sleep on that category. Like you know, what I'm saying when you're on your way to the party, you can't be listening to Beethoven and shit. You gotta <laughs> pop something on that gets you fucking hype. You know what I'm That's saying? That's a category, a serious category. So Dilute yeah, is people need number to respect two. Respect that. 
All right. Yeah. Bet. Circle Bet. back around to Mr. Huey. The H man. Your number two. The Houston. Got to give it to my boy, Jonathan Cole. I knew it. That's I knew it was going to be the one or two. That's not his first name, I don't think. But uh, J. Cole. What Jermaine. is Jermaine. 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 Cole, Jermaine. Yeah. Okay. Just fucking around. But yeah, uh, J. Cole's KOD, Kids on Drugs. That good was project. A pretty good project. Was yeah. definitely one of my top projects for last year. You already know how I love themes and fucking like cohesion. Mm-hmm. Another reason why I love No Names Project is another reason why I love KOD. Like the cover, everything, the music videos, all of it played this role in a bigger story about trying to battle addiction. You know, and the different types of addiction that people um, can fall into. Especially youth now. Yeah. And then yeah. He, he gives a solution for it, his own solution, which, you know, may not work for everybody. But I like it when people don't just talk about something. They try to help fix the issue. For his, sure. Yeah. Yeah. His, yeah. his um, He recommended meditation, which for a long time I was like. Which I practice, by the way. I want to start practicing it, actually. Uh, for a long time, I didn't want to get into it because I'm like, well, I'm going to be wasting time. I'm just gonna no, it actually shit. helps. Yeah? It actually helps. So there you go. Um, yeah, there. God, it was just really enjoyable. And then the way Cole, the beats on this project, you know, he's Cole. He's going to be Cole. But the beats on this project were new for him, mm-hmm. a little bit more hyper. You know, people try to say he's sleepy and shit like that. The beats on here were hyper. He had some singles that were like, Hits on ATM, YouTube and which shit. Was fine. Yeah, ATM and Kevin's Heart was a hit. Was a single. Yeah, right? Kevin's Heart. I didn't like that. I was the only one. I, I liked. Like it. I liked it. And then did you see a video for it? The yeah, probably like the it, biggest though. song from the album that I guess technically kind of was kind of wasn't a part of the album. 1985 Intro to the Fall mm-hmm, Off. God, was, what a great, very what a great like, like Uncle giving you some advice song. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, just on some OG type shit. And people took it as a diss. Wasn't a diss by any stretch. It was just, like, he hit both sides. He was like, for the older generation, he's like, you're acting like we didn't used to do this shit. And for the younger generation, he's like, I'm trying to tell you, when you get up and you get older and you see what I've seen, you'll see that I, like, I'm trying to give you some good advice. Like, you need to buy a house. You need to buy property. You need to tour. Like, you need to do this and that. And for the older generation, he's sitting there like, how are you going, like, one of my um, favorite quotes how you woke, but you broke. Like, you know what I'm saying? Type shit. They're like, how are you going to try to tell everybody what to do, but you haven't figured it out for yourself? <laughs> right. So what am I listening to you for? Like, there's, there's, you know, there's definitely something to be learned from people with that have just been around for a long time. But at the same time, don't be so harsh on people that are younger than you. Trying to figure um, it trying out. Trying to doing some weird shit to you because who knows? It might fuck around and work for them. Yeah. That's what I like to see. It kind of made a way to like bridge this gap. It was kind of a good song that we could have used as like, Okay, let's talk it out. Let's the old generation, the younger generation, kind of bridge the gap. Yeah, a little you bit. know what I mean. Yeah, like, and you know what's funny about J Cole? I always find it interesting how J Cole's always referenced like he's like this elder statesman of hip hop, and he's only thirty four. <laughs> yeah. It's just J Cole's years usually years ahead of people in his like yeah. people. J Cole's perceived to be years ahead of his age. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And he's only he's only thirty four. I looked it up. He's only thirty four. Yeah. So I was like, yo, this, he, he's still like relatively Perspect- young. He's kind of a he's like a young man. He's a young man, and in the people. context of hip hop, he's in the middle. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's like. He's like an OG of the game now, though. Yeah, like the way his no. his position oh, he's is an OG. OG of the game. He's you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And he's, and he's 34, and he has what three studio albums under his belt? Come on now, three. It's, it's so that's like, pretty. It's like four, four? or five. Wait, no, that was a legit question. I wasn't trying to be like. Oh, I don't oh. know. I didn't, I didn't listen. To you. I just started <laughs> oh, wait, picking no, up Cole, no, and no, I was like, come figure, on, now. we gonna figure this out. So there's KOD. Mm-hmm. There's the uh, the Four Your Eyes. There's 2014. There's Born Center. There's dang that that one. There's, oh wait, the, the Cole story, sideline um, story. So that's like five. Five. You said so Forest five. Hill Drive already. Yeah, we did. Cold World. Yeah. Yeah. He has five. One, two, three, four, five, six. 
Six albums? Six, six studio oh, wait, no, albums? No, 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 five. Because one of... I'm, I'm looking at some okay. other shit. Okay, so yeah, five, five albums. So yeah, yeah that's, a, that's veteran status, though, five. Yeah, veteran. You already know the meme of him going platinum with no features. Yep. yep. Legend for... And, and P-Pow... Um, that that. Peep out the last song of that last album is 1985. It's called uh, the intro, intro to the, to the fall, fall off. off. Yeah, so if his next album is called the fall off, then Middle Child serves as kind of a um middle a, an, middle like a bridge, an yeah, outline, bridge. And, no, no, an outline of what I think what the next album would be because like on Middle Child he's talking about oh I'm, I got this and Middle Child I was got fine. this drink in my so life. Good. yeah yeah he, he he covers a lot of topics in Middle Child mm. and I. I think it's kind of going to be, I think his next album is going to be what Middle Child is like, you know, with uh, high beats and he's he's still giving that, that coaching type of thing. But yeah. he's also doing like a concept thing where it's like, I'm on this lane, I got this stuff in my cup. Yeah. That's that's an idea that I think and might I, happen. And I like, it's interesting, like I love when artists experiment and try different shit and I, I just like seeing <laughs> like someone who, you know, you would not as- traditionally associate with like trap shit, trap beats or whatever kind of referencing that and rapping about it and yeah. like, you know I relate cuz you, you we all have people who deal with this shit no matter how lyrical or woke or whatever you are you know we can we we can all relate to uh you know those hype tracks and songs and shit like that you dig yeah, yeah. let's circle it over to my man Ra I right, um my number 2 album and I can I struggle like I said again I struggle with this list but my number 2 album I'm going to have to give it to Astro World Mm. Because um, Astroworld had a lot of hype behind it, and like yeah. people have been anticipating that for about two, three years before it came out, and even like listening back to like Birds Night in the Trap and um, his first album Radio, um, it's like Travis has always had a very distinctive style, and it's heavily Kanye influenced and heavily 808s and Heartbreaks influenced. I think, and even one time he said he just skipped all of he skipped all of Kanye's album and went straight to 808s for inspiration. Yeah, so it's like. People have always been, and he's he's like he has a very like distinctive sound because he's not even like the strongest rapper in my opinion. Like, mm-hmm. but he has like his melodies and his like his sounds are just very addicting yeah. and very very nicely put together. So, Astroworld is my number two simply because, like I said, the hype it met the hype to me, um, and it was it was a very like it was it had cohesion to me. The album of the the Astroworld, the music park theme of the album, kind of um. Like it, it, it hit the point for me, and then like out of seventeen songs, I have twelve favorites. That's hard to pull off. Yeah. <laughs> like it's like out of seventeen, it's like twelve of them you really, really enjoy. Yeah, that's it, how it was for Jid's album. You know what I'm saying? And like, it, yeah, like it, with any album that you really enjoy. So like, I put that as especially my with two. these longer projects. These longer projects like, that, like I said, it's again, hard to like, make a good longer project nowadays. Anyway, yeah, like he, he's just so yeah. Astro was really good in my opinion. I felt like now, like this is Travis. This is Travis's best production. This is his best music, I think, period. Mm. Like, period. Like, better than anything else he's releasing. His other older shit is good, too. But for me, Astroworld, it was, it, was, it, was, it was probably the biggest album of the year as far as, like, maybe streams. or I probably went to Scorpion. But yeah. <laughs> it's like... I think it, it Or it might have been. I think it's I over know. Scorpion. Well, yeah. Astroworld is my number two, yeah. Because it's like, it just, it was a very cohesive album. It was... It just it is it it was it was hard to find any songs that were objectively bad. Right. Like period. Like it was that song that album doesn't have one bad song on yeah. it. Um the features were pretty dope, like Twenty One's feature, everybody's you know what I'm saying? And it's like yeah, it was just a dope ass album overall and it's yeah, it's it's, it's my number two. Yeah. Right. Definitely a good psychedelic atmosphere. Yeah. That. Right. That's that's what that's what made it addicting. 
Nemo, what's your number one? Number one album, twenty eighteen. Final round. Oh. These are our heavy hitters. Oh no. Okay, so my number one. Let's get it for twenty eighteen. Is definitely. Beer bongs and Bentleys. Oh, are you serious? I'm about to say, oh hell no! Nah. Cut the mic off, nigga. Nigga, what? Shit. I would that just. If you and I knew, know people love that album. Will, yeah, there's some good songs on that That's album. Good, but uh, if you guys knew Nemo, like we don't. Nemo. Yeah, we, we would be like, wait, whoa. Like, okay, bro. <laughs> What's going on? Okay, okay, talk to us. Cut the mic off. We have a conversation. All right. So the real number one, <laughs> the real number one for me is uh, definitely Earl Sweatshirt. Some rap songs. Mm, yeah, you gave in. You gave in. Yeah, yeah, I gave in. But it's only because not enough people are talking about it, in my opinion. So True. I want to go ahead and put some light on that. So for me, your box and fucking bitch, <laughs> asshole. Yeah. So for me, um, I was able to. Like really, really connect with this album. Um, other than Blue Face, this was the only album I was listening to for a good month. Okay, because <laughs> go that's proceed, a whole other discussion. That should proceed, be a discussion on another proceed. day. Because the three of us let's are not even do it. Proceed. Topics, <laughs> yeah. So the way Earl spilled his emotions on this album was just fucking crazy to me. It was just it was just so good to me. I know that since this album was very personal and he didn't really give in to the trends of what's going on in hip hop. He did not at all. Yeah. Which I, I knew, liked it. Which I appreciated actually. Yeah, yeah. So I knew that this album was made for himself, but I know that the fans will get the most gratification out of it. Yeah. Because like you like you guys said, I mean well like we all agreed on, he didn't give in to the trends and um, he did most of the production on this album, and a lot of people are calling it um, his version of Mad Villain because of how the beats are sample based. Oh yeah, a lot of people are saying that. Yeah, the beats are sample based, and you know he's incorporating all these things and how and how short the songs are as well, and the fact that it's a lot of songs, but you can get to it very quickly. Fifteen songs, only twenty five minutes. Man, put put that on repeat, please. <laughs> put that on repeat. Um, one of the quotables that no, there's 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 two quotables that really like stuck out to me. Um, and like the second song, he was like, "Nigga, muffle my pain and muzzle my brain up." That was fighting me because as black people, we tend to have this tendency where we muffle our pain and we kind of muzzle our pain, our brain, meaning that yeah. we don't really tell people yeah. what we're going through and we don't show people yeah, mental about, health is a mental health is yeah, a big stigma, stigma in our community. In our community. yeah we don't show people the bad stuff that we're going through because that would make us look weak or whatever well, we, we've been trained to normalize our pain mm-hmm. yeah well yeah now we've been trying to normalize <laughs> it a lot of it yeah. because yeah. now it's now it's actually getting out to the light yeah another line he said was found a reason to live doubt could be in the abyss keep fallacies off your lips see casualties in the wind Mm. It's fire! Like the the very poetic man. <laughs> if you guys can see, Nemo's plays. like doing a little dance right yeah, now. Yeah, Nemo's over here like, like that shit got him in the mood like, and shit. Like, hold up, hey, hold up, that shit put me in a different fucking dimension <laughs> and shit. Hold up, yeah, take so, off his headphones and listen so, to the album. Yeah. <laughs> so for this song, I mean, for this album, it really isn't about the sound for me, even though it sounds amazing. It's more about what he's saying. Okay. December twenty fourth is my favorite. I would definitely song. call yeah. that an experimental album. I love December twenty fourth. Yeah. yeah, it is an experimental yeah. album because, like, I, I love the way he incorporates eight oh eights in there. But mm-hmm. like, you can't really, you can't really tell that there's eight oh eights in there because you know they're just in the background of the samples, yeah. giving, giving the samples that extra bounce. Yeah. 
Yeah, Earl's, Earl's dope. I, I enjoyed the whole aesthetic of that album because the aesthetic was just like, it's just, even the title, Some Rap Songs, is so general and so vague. And then his yeah. album cover with like that blurry picture, which I like. I, I like blurry pictures because I do them too. So it was like, it was cool seeing that. It was cool yeah. seeing that. I was like, damn, I've never seen a rapper or like even an artist really have that as their cover yeah. before like an artist as big as him. So that was cool just aesthetic wise. And it kind of gave more, um, it gave more insight in what, to what the whole vibe would be of the album before you even listen to it. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Because so. they're literally just some rap songs. I can't, yeah. really, can't really give a name. They're they're just rap. So songs. wait, would you say it's cohesive? It's it's very cohesive. strongly cohesive. Yeah, the, the transitions on there is what makes it so easy to listen to. Yeah, and the fact that the songs aren't really long either. It, exactly. He's very, very he's it, concise with them. Yeah, yeah. I think my favorite from that album is Nowhere to Go. Or peanut. I feel that, yeah. That, that, but, those are cool too. All right, my number one pick. He was number one album of twenty eighteen. Twenty eighteen hip hop album of twenty eighteen. I'm actually, oh, shit, I'm actually interested. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm actually All right. interested. Number one, 2018. Gotta give it to Astro World. Oh, okay. Wait, wait really? Gotta give it to Astro World. Oh, wow, okay. So we, we share an album. We share an album. <laughs> Joint custody of an album. <laughs> gotta, give, gotta give it to Astro World, bro. Like, just what you said, that was probably the album I. We're talking about replay value. Still listen hello, to that album. Hello, and replay. That was probably the album I listened to the most mm-hmm. that year. I won't speak too much on it because you bigged it up a lot. But, man, like the way he, he like, created an atmosphere. He created Astroworld. Like, you know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Um, what else did you like about that album? Yeah, it was very, you know, yeah. Like, it was very psychedelic. Um, it just very immersive. And, like, man, I don't know. It just sounded so good. You know, you know what else sounded really good? good? The way he, him and the features and the production, like there were, I don't know, looking back on it, it's not like the, the songs were wildly different, but like the production for the songs were wildly different, but they fit, they were different enough and fit together so well. Yeah. Yeah. That was just like a perfect melding of songs. And it's, and then I like, it's long 17 songs, but I didn't skip any tracks when I listened to it. There's no, I don't think I can say there's a bad song on that album. Can't say you can't say it's a bad song. Can't you get that? You get, you get what yeah. I did there? You get what I did? I, I get you peep that shit. That shit was clever, right? Yeah. Gotta give the daily dad joke. <laughs> daily dad joke. But yeah, and I think can't say. Well, I don't. I, I think that was my favorite song off the album. I thought it was R.P. Screw. Oh yeah, it is. It is. R. <laughs> R. I'm tripping. Um, but yeah, it just sounded really good, and it, it was fine. Like it was. A, it was an immersive experience like going to an amusement park like you can't tell me this he, tour he would not be like it was the perfect astroworld album what he wanted to make yeah he hit it out of the park so yeah i feel like this is the album trav has been trying to make the whole time yeah i never I, w- I was never on his side i never understood the appeal of travis scott until this album and yeah and even when you heard it you was like okay this shit is beautiful like, like you go back and listen to some of his other songs like especially from rodeo and you could see the path leading yeah, yeah. he has for some sure. great songs on his other projects yeah and it's like this one is just like taking most of those and like putting them together and meshing them together right somebody great. said this so, is somebody said this is either his this is like his graduation Mm. Like in a way, it, it, it is. Yep. It is like cause that's his, at, at that point that was Kanye's apex. At this at this point, this is Travis's apex. It turned him into mm-hmm. Travis Scott. This is Travis that he's all like he's like a, an established mainstream artist, a big hitter. Now he's a heavy hitter. Come on, yeah. man, he was at the fucking Super Bowl. Yeah, which he, you know there's some issues with the, that. But this, you know this is the album that puts him in that conversation of who is the icons of the mainstream. Like mm-hmm. like if we were to like compare the mainstream to the NBA, then I would say then I would say Travis Scott would be like a Chris Paul or a KAT. Mm. A K who? 
Carl Anthony Towns. I would say he's bigger than that. I would say he's probably in the realm of maybe he's a, definitely at least a Paul George right now. Paul George. What about Dwayne Wade? Well, actually, not. Dwayne Wade's retiring. Yeah, I'm not a vet though. I'm just sit here and just yeah. He's not a vet. I would say if we were if we're going to compare um in like um current NBA players who are currently hot and doing great shit like compared to rappers, I would say definitely in the realm of a James Harden. PG, he's that big. Yeah, yeah. I would I would say James Harden. Then I would. He's that big right now. Like you did the Super Bowl. Look at Huey trying to be like, yeah, I really did this shit. Go ahead. Like definitely doing the Super Bowl, which like I said, we have our opinion about that but it's yeah. like just the fact that he got that check yeah. to do that and the fact that his album hit number one and he sold over half a million in the ed- in an era where it's very hard to sell records right. so it's got to be my number one man just based off the way it came together was just great mm-hmm. all right so then pass it actually actually surprised me a little bit that did yeah. mm-hmm. all so. right my number fucking one hip-hop album of the year after much deliberation and i had some honorable mentions too but we don't yeah. we don't got to get into that yeah. but like my number one hip-hop album I think still, it's, I'm gonna go with Daytona. I knew it. By Pusha T. I knew it. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Daytona. And still. the reason, the reason wow. I go with Daytona is because that album was so concise and sharp with focus. It's just pure luxury drug game rap, and I can't even relate to that lifestyle. But the way Pusha T words it in and like you have to you would and he has like a very specific niche audience that he caters to. You know what I'm saying? So it's like. Hearing that album and not even being able to relate to that lifestyle, but just still kind of understanding what he's saying by listening to it. And then the fucking beats were incredible. You know what I'm saying? Like Kanye killed the production. And then just like that plus Pusha T's, you know, rapping ability, which is not outshined by Kanye's production. Because that's actually hard to do. Because a lot of times Kanye's production will outshine the, the rapper in some cases. But it was an even match for me. And Daytona is definitely number one, um, in my opinion. Um. Yeah, Daytona. I actually went back um and listened to it, and yeah, it's it is as fire as everyone says. Like, man, he 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 completely immerses you into this world of you know just the drug game, the drug game, and, and just fucking like talking shit about other niggas and stuff. And like, <laughs> why why are you doing this shit? Yeah, and, man. And Kanye's production is is what makes it even better because coming into this, I hated Pusha T. Oh my god! Really? Oh my god! Why did you hate Pusha T? Though? He sounded corny to me. I hated all his features. I did not care. <laughs> <Look at him. laughs> yeah, yeah, he sounded corny to me. I hate to each his own, though. I feel. Hey, so, but he changed your mind. Yeah. So this project changed my mind because, like, he comes into this project very raw. He's very brief. He's not in there too long. But he says, like, <laughs> hold, up, hold up, dog. We too mature for that. But I feel you. Or what are we talking about? <laughs> He ain't last too long. <laughs> he ain't last too long. He came in raw. He was unbriefed. Excuse <laughs> he was me, sir. <laughs> oh, I see why you like this album. Uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> nah, but can continue. This is this is an album that I that I wanted to put in my top three, but I, I there's just no. Like, I feel you. There's just so many good albums. Yeah. And it's like, so do, is this album going to make you, have you ever heard of any of his older stuff? Not yet, but it, it's going to make me want to like Besides get, the dive into it. At least, uh, you know what I'm saying? At least get your feet wet with him a little and see yeah, what, it's, what it's, it's about. It's going to make me like go to his other stuff because okay. I know he has another short album, but um, yeah, I'll talk about that. Yeah. So let's just run down our top three again so that people can vote. Yeah. Let us know who you think had the best pick 
as with every week, the, who best, had the list, best list, yeah. list of albums. So Nemo's was from three to one. All right, for number three, I said was JID's DiCaprio. You know, he's amazing lyricist, amazing flow. I can't wait to see what he does with his career. Number two is Die Lit by Playboy Cardi because of that energy and that youthfulness that he brings. Number one is Earl Sweatshirt's Some Rap Songs because I love the idea of it. Um, I love the, the bars that he's spinning on there, and I love the beats, too. Mm. You think Cardi will be making songs like that when he's like 30? No. How old is he now? <laughs> this nigga's, you think he'll get introspective like 20, as 21. Oh, yeah, he okay. 30? But okay. Like Offset? Uh, may, actually, uh, may, on Dialect, he gets a little bit introspective. Oh. He goes like, I got a lot on my mind. That, that's that's deep as well. But the tone is still lit. It's like, I got a I'm lot on my shit. mind. Hey. I don't know how I'm going to make it. My grandma just died. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Grandma, funeral. Late. Hey. Yeah. Okay. Uh, for me, it was number three, Room 25 by No Name Gypsy. Just a beautiful, immersive album with some great topics, great point of view. And you know what I'm saying? If you like, uh, if you support women in hip hop, vote for my list. Otherwise, you're sexist. Uh, so, oh, my God. Number two, uh, got to give it to, I said, J. Cole, KOD, Kids on Drugs. Another great thematic album followed through on the theme was just really dope and number one got to give it to astroworld it got me lit uh it's got some introspective tunes and shit on there so it really hits both sides it's on your way to the party music and sitting at home sad music Mm -hmm. and just just wanting to it's like just a great vibe for yeah. that album. So yeah, and also I'm um, just harping back on the Astro Boy thing. I think Coffee Bean too really helped me enjoy the album because that's him yeah. actually just that's a, that's the most most I guess rapping Rappy. he's ever yeah. been. So I appreciated that from. Did well, you, not that he's ever been, but definitely on this album. Yeah, on this album back too. And look at like his freestyle from XXL. This nigga was like rapping, rapping. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm gonna have to check that out. Well, that was from like some years ago. Uh, he was on there with like the 2014, same. right? Yeah, I, I have to go check that out one again. Of the, one of them years. <laughs> did you Did you get to reiterate what your number one album was? Did you say that? You said that, right? Yeah, some some rap songs. Okay, and so yeah, um, my top three albums. Number three, I had Nasir, just classic hip hop feel, classic hip hop energy. Um, production was great. Nas lyricism. While at some points I can see where you can poke holes in it, but for the most part, I thought that it was pretty sharp. Um, especially on everything, which I think was his best rapping performance on the entire album. Mm. Um, number two, I had Astroworld for much of the same reasons he we had as number one. It's just it's a it's a great overall cohesive album for the most part, and the, the production is not super diverse in the context of the album, but it just fits so well with that theme and what he was going for. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It, it's hard to skip a lot of those songs. Um, and Travis, like I said, it had a lot of hype to live up to, and he took his time with it, and you can tell that he put this is like his baby, like. The one that, you know what I'm saying, he really polished yeah. and made sure it sounded great. And so I think he succeeded at doing that. And my number one album was Daytona by Pusha T. I just think it's airtight and cohesiveness. Um, the beats are excellent, I think, for the most part. Explicit. And um, Pusha T's rapping, he just brought it, man. He just brought it. Like, he has a very, pre- like, he has precision with his flow. Like, he's, like, that kind of, like, Dun, 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 dun. Like he don't go super yeah. fast. He's very slow and very methodical yeah, with you know his beats. You know what I'm saying? But if you like listen to him, he has some really good like metaphors and some nice wordplay. So mm-hmm. I think that's my, that's definitely my number one album go. of the year. So yeah, yeah, so vote for your top picks. And now let's segue segue to our show and tells. Who wants to go first? Yeah. Well, you, do you want to give a brief description? Just Oh, yeah. yeah. For the, anybody who hasn't listened to the first episode, and go back and check that out. Show and tell is when we, uh, the three of us, each go and pick a random topic um, 
or, you know, just something out there, a piece of art or something that we bring to each other and talk about, like literally like show and tell um, when you're a kid, like we're bringing up something that we think people don't talk about enough or is like, you know, underrepresented or, or they may not know or that you may not know yeah. about. So yeah. yeah, we just want to bring some light to that. And uh, yeah. And to surprise and to add to the surprise element, we didn't even tell each other yeah. what our we show and tells were. And we're probably going to start doing that from now on, just not telling each other and just being yeah. like, oh, what did you bring to show and tell? All right. So let's get into it. Um, Am I going for? I, I, sure, I'll go, go first. first. Okay, I'll go. So for this show and tell, like recently, I've just been interested in knowing about, and don't ask me why, just knowing about the barber trade and the history behind barbers. Like nobody ever thinks about that. That's so it's like, okay. I said, like, so what? Like, what is the history of barbering? So I looked it up, and actually, um, barbering the trade goes back to all the way to ancient Egypt. Unsurprisingly, even based on how much you know, how of much you don't black know, people started. Bar- you know what I'm saying? Barbering. So I think the most interesting <laughs> thing about now. that, other than the fact that it goes all the way back to ancient Egypt, which we all know was probably a dope ass time mm. in in the world's history. Um, barbers originally were very, very high class. They were viewed as high class individuals in that time, wow, and they were wow. usually always. Um, not only were they groom, but they groom people, but they were like scientists. Also, it was very common to find a barber that that knew scientists and astrology and all that kind of stuff. Forgive me if I'm wrong, but weren't barbers also associated with medicine? Yeah, they were. That's yeah. yeah, that too. They were associated with medicine. They were associated with having a wealth of knowledge of other things other than just grooming. Mm-hmm. Even though because you groomed, you are a very um important figure in society because people put a lot of stock and still do put a lot of stock into their appearance. Yeah. So especially, you know, back in those days, I find it very interesting to know like the and then it's kinda like I don't know if it's devolved from that to mm-hmm. what we think of a barber is today. Because it's like nowadays mm-hmm. we don't really think of barbers as having like a wealth of knowledge on those type of subjects like they had back then. Yeah. It's just you just got a nigga who knows how to cut your hair fine. It's you know, more specified. It's more specified hey man, now, you, but a quick tip: if you have any questions about like grooming and shit, or like what razors, ask your fucking barber. Because I, I asked my barber for like razor bump cream, what razors to buy, and they all have been like, ask your black barber if you're black. Like, you know what I mean? If you don't have a black barber and you're black, I don't know what you're I don't doing. know what you're doing like, either. What the hey, fuck going on? Um, <laughs> they you're not cultured. They know the culture. You <laughs> like, I haven't had razor bumps in like forever now because I got some cream. Oh, yeah. And also just to tie into that, too, um, just this is like a side note, but apparently like, a young man's first shave was considered a, a important part of his coming of age ceremony back then. Mm. So, wow. They had a very important place in society and in antiquity. So I thought that was just interesting. Yeah. Just to know. Of course, the first barbers were black. Of course, because <laughs> the best barbers are black. Come on now. That's not even. Yeah, yeah it's just a fact. It's just a fact. So we can't it, even yeah. have dialogue about that. I'm but not, that was downplay it. Yeah, that's my show and tell topic. Come on now. That was, that was dope to me. Yeah. Nemo. Oh, we're on me. Okay. Yes. So from my show and tell, I, I want to bring to you guys a wild uh, theory I got. All right. Hear me out on this. No. Uh, fuck. Okay, next. All one. right, my turn. So for what I brought to <laughs> Go show ahead, Nemo. Tell, Goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> All right. All right. So short songs and albums are the new wave. Correct. That's your theory? Yes. And... Let me further explain to you by that. You know, uh, well, let me start by going off on something that Huey said earlier. You know, he said longer albums are getting harder to make nowadays. So, yeah. Longer good albums. Yeah. So, people's attention spans have definitely decreased. For sure. Especially in in this age of time where we get everything fast, we get all of our dopamine like right now. So, people move on with music quicker and quicker so why not just make a short album that is consistent concise and it, it, it's easy to listen to for the for the viewer and 
what another thing about short albums is it's not about well it, it's more about what you're putting into that time you know like i i listen to songs that are like one two minutes or whatever because you know what they're doing in those two minutes is what sticks with me and what i hate is when i hear a force a four minute song but only the first hook, only the first verse is good. Only the hook is good. Yeah, I know. I know a lot of you guys do that. You'll listen to a three a, a song with three verses, but you'll only play the first verse. Yeah, so yeah, why not yeah, just yeah. Why not just shorten that down? You Facts, know, what I'm saying? yeah, yeah. You don't, you don't need those extra verses. I mean, if it could help with the song, of course it could help with a song. Or just put those ideas on a on a different song on the album. Make the album longer. I mean, have more songs, like 17 songs or something, but like just make it 30 minutes or something. Yeah. And then a lot of times with, yeah, longer songs sometimes just drag out. And, you know, they're just trying to keep with tradition of like, oh, a a rapper has like a five minute song. Yeah. Fuck you mean. And 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 then they're just at the end of the track just saying the hook for the 80th time and shit. (laughs) And I mean, and that's what um, that's that's that was my biggest stipulation with the Gunna album. He had a lot of like three minute songs on there. Or whatever, and I know what the hooks would sound fire, the verse would sound fire, but then the verse he'll he'll go into the second verse still talking about the same stuff, then he'll go into the third verse still talking about the same stuff, and, <laughs> and then he'll come back with the hook, and it's just like oh, uh, yeah, I mean that's that's basically <laughs> yeah, the formula. So yeah. what's so what's like what's the theory though? Is there a theory or is just that's just an idea that you like or an observation that you You're like wanted to point out? It's it's an observation slash theory. That that's going to be the new... That like, that is... That that's going to be the new standard? New yeah, standard of shorter albums? That's going to be the new standard. And it and it could stem from a classic album called Mad Villain. You know, that song had... Tw- that album had 24 songs on it. Wow. But it was like... It was only under an hour or something. Because each oh. song was like two, three minutes. You know what I'm saying? Doom, he would pack a lot of content on that album. You know... Because his flow is amazing, he has the lyrics or whatever, and then the Madlib production is what keeps you going along with this with the album, and that that's that's what really makes it like easier to go along because like they're they're so short. He's giving you so much content, mm. and yeah. yeah, it just makes you easier. It just makes it easier to digest. That's I, that's what I'm thinking about from a consumer's perspective. Make it easy for the fans to digest because I know they already complain about. How much investment an album is? Yeah, just it is. Why not make though. it? Just why not make it short? That, that probably that probably will be the new wave. Yeah, I, th- I think the only thing though is find that balance between giving them enough and not leaving people wanting more. Exactly, that's the only balance because even with four 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 Jay's album, it was ten songs, mm-hmm. but it wasn't it wasn't long at all. So yeah. even after the end, I was like, dang, some of those songs I kind of was like, I was just getting into them and then they were done. So I still like the album. But I'm just yeah. saying, like, I think that's finding that great yeah. line between like yeah. I give them enough but not yeah. give them too much. Yeah, yeah. that's that's what. But that's what the hard part for the artist yeah. is, is to like find yeah, out how much. to give them that content. Just give them a whole bunch of content, but keep it short. That that's that's the issue. And here are some examples of albums, really short albums that ended up being classics. Uh, Illmatic's one that has ten songs and is less than it's only like thirty minutes or something. Yeah, Illmatic's pretty good album. Um, Daytona is one seven mm-hmm. songs, twenty four minutes. Kids see ghosts. I know a lot of people are talking about that. Yeah, I love that album. Some rap songs, obviously, fifteen minutes. I mean, no, fifteen songs, twenty five minutes. minutes. Uh, the question mark album by X that was like that. Was, that had eighteen songs, I, but it was like 
X. It was like 20 25, minutes, 25 minutes. One of the first right? artists that I saw making that way. Really of doing like, that. Especially with songs, making short songs and just being like, that's the song. I don't need to yeah. add some extra shit onto there. Like, Yeah, and he's he's one of the people that kind of helped this theory like get... Um, what is the word? Popular? popular? Yeah, that popular. I guess I could use that word. Um, that's what makes this theory like popular, I guess, is... Yeah. Is that uh, X is X is bringing that to the table? Also, yeah, yeah I, I would throw Solange's latest album there too at 19 songs and only 39 minutes. So okay, she's kind of following that same kind yeah, of trend of making under, shorter, longer albums with shorter songs, kind of sorta. Yeah, which I think which I think is good. It helps the, carry the album. I hope that's the new wave. Yeah, yeah I hate it when like I'm really getting like just give me the highlights with these yeah, long ass exactly movie and, length albums and shit. And I'm just like, bro, and come that's, on, that's slick. Why I'm not saying that much? You dig <laughs> right. That's like why my shit was only 14 minutes and seven songs. It's mm. because, like, I didn't want people to be bored with the album, you know? Just, yeah. Just but, just yeah. say what you got to say, make it interesting, and get out. Yeah. And that was and that was going back to, like, the Daytona thing and the whole seven songs thing that Kanye did this past summer. He already kind of caught that. It's, it shows how where he mm-hmm. is of the wave. Now, he was like, yep. now nah, people are being overwhelmed with all these long-ass albums, and here comes Drake. And then it's like, <laughs> it comes Drake with the longest album. Five songs. Like, two discs like, disc for one days. album. And then, uh, for me personally, just, just on that, just to pick on Drake real quick, Drake, you <laughs> could have just, just you could have just, if it was just side eight, in my opinion, that would have been good enough just yeah. as a, as one release by itself. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It still uh, which, would have been which, very good. Whichever, whichever, um, whichever side you prefer, I just think that, he, or he could have just at least split it in half. Like, don't give us 25 songs. Give us like 11 or 12. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or give us 11 in an interlude or some shit. That but like 25. <laughs> yeah, man. Like shit. But yeah, I, I think that um, it's good that you brought that up because like I, I remember um, I did hear somebody reference Kanye. It was put to see reference Kanye saying that it was like, nah, people just been overwhelmed with these short because people think that like because like they, they care about quality not quantity at the end of the day you care about quality and not quantity so if you can like and i know it's probably hard for some artists to cut some songs because it's like cut nah, off and just make it as like a little side release thing. yeah you know what i'm saying or you know every, every artist has their thing specific to their album and what their vision is so i know that can, that can be mm, tough because yeah. originally he said it was probably 10 songs and tiana out of the five releases had eight songs so she was like nah like i, I gotta keep this one on there you know what i'm saying so i understand where the politics can kind of get in the way of the artistry a little bit but i think just for consumer's sake and quality's sake don't <laughs> just add the songs in just for streaming numbers which we know some people yeah, are notorious man. for doing yeah. just keep it concise for the sake <laughs> of the quality yeah you know I what think, i'm saying i think short albums are definitely yeah. better so huey what's your fucking show and tell my dude my show and tell okay so new york city you guys familiar mm-hmm. yeah it's I, a city it's in a new city. york oh shit <laughs> if you revelation know. like fuck but they recently released a law um, to prevent discrimination against natural hair. Mm. And it's about damn time. If you don't know what that is, that was raw clapping. That was me clapping. <laughs> That's that about damn time. Interesting sound. But um, so I'm just going to read the <laughs> I'm going I'm to just read. Uh, I'll just read it. I'll just read it. So here we go. NYC Commission on Human Rights Legal Enforcement Guidance on Race Discrimination on the Basis of Hair. Try to make this kind of brief. Anti anti black racism is an individual and persistent form of discrimination across the nation and in New York City. Anti black racism can be explicit and implicit, individual and structural, and can man- and it can manifest through entrenched stereotypes and biases 
conscious and unconscious. Anti-black bias also includes discrimination based on characteristics and cultural practices associated with being black, including probations on natural hair and or hairstyles most clearly associated with black people. Bans or restrictions on natural hair or hairstyles associated with black people are often rooted in white standards on appearance and perpetuate racist stereotypes that black hairstyles are unprofessional. Such policies exacerbate anti-black bias in employment at school while playing sports in areas of daily living. So the actual law says the New York human rights law protects the rights of New Yorkers to maintain natural hair or hairstyles that are closely associated with their racial, ethnic, or cultural identities. For black people, this includes the right to maintain natural hair, treated or untreated hairstyles, such as locks, cornrows, you already know, um, and or the right to keep hair in an uncut or untrimmed state. So the reason I brought this up is because it's 2019, and it's crazy as fuck <laughs> crazy that we as had shit. to create that New York City. I'm glad that they did. That shows a lot of, you know, that takes a lot to, to be like, yeah, we've been fucking up. This is bad. I'm not giving y'all over over like I'm not giving y'all props for it because that's just what should have happened. Yeah, but, good, but it's a good know. thing that you did that. And more, I mean, it's just sad that we have to enforce laws for this type of shit. And then that it just can't just be standard to be like, oh, the hair that naturally grows out, out of your, your head, head is fine. Like it, we don't have to fucking fight and white and die for that just for a fucking job. And yeah, shit, you know what I mean. And I just I just think it's crazy that. That had to happen in 2019, but these shit, this shit does come up. We were actually talking about this in one of my classes, mm-hmm. issues in the African-American community, um, and girls were in there. And, and yeah, I, I think a lot of this, one thing that's um, that I didn't think about is this affects – this affects women heavily because you know they, they have more hair than us. They're going to be making more styles and switching up day to day. Um, and it was a lot of women – on the website that I went to talking about how they were getting discriminated against and, Oh, their bosses would be saying, Oh yeah, that's fine. And then some, some superiors would come in and be like, Oh, that's unprofessional. And their boss would make them change their hair. And it's just like, wow, like the hair that grows out of your head, they're telling you that it's unprofessional twist. Can't have like, you, you remember like all these stories of schools banning braids and shit. Yeah. And it's like, what the fuck is Did you, you remember that story that one time that this young girl, like they said her Afro was distracting Yes, at school. You remember that, right? Yeah. Just that the whole, that whole bullshit. Like our hair is offensive to people like that you know whole kind of bullshit. But you know, you know what that boils down to. Yeah. We already know racism. Racism. And the, so bre- the bread and butter of America. Just, it's just, <laughs> It is a real thing that I guess people don't think about enough. Like I know even us, at least at least I'll speak for myself, at least me personally, you know, and like how the girls were describing that, oh, they'll show up to the interview with the straight hair and then then they'll wear their afro and all this. And it's just this ingrained thing, ingrained thing in our community to where we have to suppress the elements of us that truly make us us in order to gain recognition from white superiors and get a job. Talk that so shit, Huey. Talk that shit, Huey. Talk that shit, Huey. But yeah, man, it's just like. The fuck is going on? I'm glad that change is happening, I guess, but it, it just really reminds me that shit is wild. Out yeah, there. it reminds you of how racist and, oh. and how embedded the racism is in this and, country. And what I was going to say, because like I remember when we, when we first got out of high school and I was trying to get a job and shit, like, you know, you, you'll have people in your family telling you to pick out your hair. And shit, yeah. And I would yeah. be doing that mm. shit. I'll be picking out my hair. I hated like a it. Fucking dork. Hated you know, it. Trying to make it look all neat and yeah. kempt. Oh, for neat you. and you presentable. Yeah, you dig? Like, even though the way that it grows out of my head, 
is the way that it grows out of my head. And white people have messy hair. It's like a style or some shit. Yeah, or they oh, can that's just the, the temp fade style with the swoop. Like you know huh. what I'm saying? But when we do it, look at this this nigger with these natty dreads these and shit. Dips. We have you know to make all these concessions the just to be accepted or to fit yeah. in. Into and it's the, just fucked. I'm, up. I'm done with it. And I've I been just done wanted with to it. call a call to action for me. My thing was, if I'm going to work somewhere and I can't have I, what I realized was, and then all those places where I picked out my head, I didn't get the job. So, so, fuck, so them fuck anyway. them anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so fuck and them they're, anyway. And there were most likely some 750 jobs that were going to quit in a fucking course, couple months you know anyway. They're not no fucking job. career jobs. Yeah. So, but anyway, first off, natural hair is beautiful. That's fuck. So I just want to call the action to rock your natural hair. If you are someone who wears natural hairstyles, rock that shit. Especially black. Especially you know black. And I'm happy that those black women told their stories and that something was done about this. Mm-hmm. As at least in a big and populous city like New York City. Yeah, we definitely need to st- like stop. Come on now. Stop the bullshit. It's like they were all in the meeting room and they was like, you know what, guys? We can probably just get rid of this. They're like, you know, this is fucked up right now. Can we stop? <laughs> the hair. We can move on Come from on, the hair shit. Hair, like your hair. Think about how ingrained that is. Like, that's literally something that grows out of your body, a, p- a piece of your body. That society says you have to, like, oh, you you have have to, to make concessions for make that. Make it like this certain way. Like, what is this? Kim Jong-un? Get the fuck like, out of here. What the fuck are you doing? And I don't even like shaving policies. I think that's a part of it, too. That's really, that really applies to our hair, if you think about it. Mm. Because they they be like, if, 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 if a white person isn't past a certain length, they won't really tell him to cut it or him mm. or her to cut it. Yeah. But, like, if we, like, most of our hair, like, yeah. even at the, at, like, the Donna Halls or whatever, you've got to shave mm-hmm. your beard. Or you got to, like, at the hotel, you have to get your hair clean cut to work there i'm like yeah, I'm, not I'm not doing, doing that, that shit. shit fuck that like they want everybody to either look you have to look neat unless you're white then you can have a long hairstyle because you can just slick that shit back. you can just slick it back exactly you're you're fine. so it, what they're really saying is just get rid of that nigga hair in principle <laughs> is what they're saying literally so yeah i'm glad that new york city did that it's a long it's, it's can we sad that we had to do that please everyone but, like i know it's not gonna happen but can we stop the bullshit that's, we, that's, we're, we're gonna be some, some of you who are gonna be pushing for it to happen we're gonna be yeah. fighting for it to happen for but sure if i can't wear my natural hair there i don't want to be there exactly job, but fuck it i'd rather would just be at home exactly if i can't be me like come on now. that's a part of having pride within yourself like, come it's on just now. loving your hair and loving it enough to wear it in any situation yeah like, fuck. come on now luckily in film I'm hating like shit we have a little more freedom though with our hair yeah. we should yeah luckily but yeah like come on i want to see more i want to see everybody have that right all these jobs that are considered um what do you call those professional. um professional corporate yeah, jobs because come on now yeah i remember I, I remember that shit my people would be like oh yeah you have to well you're gonna have to cut your hair you're gonna have to pick it out and then at a certain point i was like well fuck that shit yeah, I ain't got to sacrifice I who I am for no seven fifty an hour. You did. <laughs> Fuck out of here for Kroger, nigga. Man, can we Kroger? If that's if that shit that bullshit starts happening uh, more more frequently here, we need to do the same shit and get that get the same. No, no, it, I, I'm pretty sure it's just so in, institutionalized. People don't even people yeah. don't even acknowledge it or people don't even call it out. People just expect it to be a part of the protocol, and I think that's the problem. We we normalize that shit. That shit is not normal yeah. for somebody to be telling you to in order to to have an opportunity to make a livelihood, you have to make a, you have to alter yeah. your hair to our liking. That's a definition of just anti-black. Anti-black. Cut that's just black. literally anti-black at its finest. Cut your hair off. Yeah. That's what I wanted to bring up. All right. Yeah, that was a very relevant topic. Yeah. So I, I think that pretty much does it for us today, though, right? Yeah, that pretty much wraps it up for us here at the Low Mid Podcast. At the Low Mid Podcast? For the Low Mid for Podcast. For the Low Mid Podcast. For the Low Mid Podcast. Uh, yeah. Your boy, Huey Revolution. Ramil. Nemo the Zeus. Let's just say our social media is one last time. You can follow me at Huey Revolution on everything. Uh, yeah. 
You can follow me on Instagram at King Ramil, R-A-H-M-I-L, King Ramil on Instagram. If you, if you want to follow me on Snapchat, it's King underscore of Shy 23, Shy C-H-I. Um, you can follow me anywhere, Nemo the Zeus. <laughs> you can follow me anywhere. Yeah, I'm on YouTube, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, all of that. Nemo to Zeus, N E M O T H E Z E U S. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And we appreciate you guys for listening, and we out. Yeah.